0: Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go! Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. This episode, Filth and Carnage, is actually a very redemptive word. Stay with it, listen to the entire episode And let God sober you for the days in which we live. We must hear His voice and respond to Him so that He can get exactly what it is that He wants in His sons and in His house. Love you all. Okay, so do you go to church because other people behave? Now think about this question. Do you go to church because everybody at church behaves. Are you a Christian because you are enamored with your leaders and your faith rests more upon I have this great pastor he's so awesome you know I love my church not not that those things are you know wholly incorrect right obviously you should love your church, love the church. Obviously, it's good to honor our leadership. But, you know, I'm getting more and more away from even calling, you know, it leaders (laughs) because, right? Because it's like, listen, are they followers? Are they following Jesus? Then you can follow those. Paul said, you can imitate, you know, as I follow Jesus, as I imitate Jesus, you can imitate my faith, right? But more times than not, what happened? because of the subtlety of the good side of self, is that once we're born again and we come out of what we consider to be our evil, um, it is an amazing thing that the good begins to slowly and subtly uh, take place in uh, the church and in people. And so I begin to do good at church. And look how good I'm doing. And I'm with good people. And we don't live like that anymore. And there begins to be, um, you know, uh, um, um, there begins to be this focus on we're doing good. We are good. And of course, we need to help, you know, the little people. (laughs) We need to help those who are in trouble, right? As though we never had trouble. Now, what I'm describing to you is the good side of self. And it is the subtle but dastardly enemy of the life of Jesus Christ. Paul talks about it in Galatians 3 when he says, Who has put this spell on you? He's talking about a bewitching power. He is talking about the power of sin when it comes to entice you and seduce you to do good and to be good. So I want you to consider this because in this time of uh, things being exposed in the body of Christ, um, if you're faith, if your Christianity has become built upon uh, you being enamored with your leadership or with Christian leaders, performers, speakers, all of that, you are in for a very rough ride ahead. Now, God ultimately is going to use it to bring you to himself, and he'll rectify all of these things. But When you hear of, quote, another leader has fallen, you know, has uh, sinned, you know, all of that. And if that causes you to be completely, uh, what would be the word I'm looking at, um, disenchanted, right, with Christianity, then this is a very necessary part of your growth. A very very necessary part. Unfortunately, if you are not being discipled in this way, if you are not um, hearing um, the truth, it's it it won't be a redemptive part of the process. It unfortunately kicks a lot of people out um, because they just decide to throw up their hands and walk away from everything. Okay, when You do understand that being a Christian is about you and Christ and where Jesus Christ takes you, which is to the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it all happen. You see, the Godhead uh, is the point of, quote, Christianity. And I'm not saying that you should remain in a church where there is abusive, you know, dictatorships, led by narcissistic charm and personality and all of that. What I'm saying is that in your typical church, okay, um, you, you do understand that, that every person comes to Christ needing Him for the same exact reason, because we're born with a nature separated from Him. There are no charmed Christians out there. There are no perfect people. There are no awesome leaders who will never have a problem. I'm not saying they should uh, just be overlooked. I'm not talking about some shallow dealings with sin. I'm talking about that we must understand that the creature worship within the church, the good side of self, all of these things that are totally addressed in the Scripture, as a part of the early church and therefore um, meaning because they're a part of the condition of man and if we do not take the remedy that God has given us which is the cross of Jesus Christ coming into and being delivered into the new man which is the only one who can be in right relationship with God a part of this hotbed of of just absolute um, you know filth and carnage that we're about to experience you know, is, number, is one of the reasons is because we continue to promote that we're all still sinners and we've not led people in real discipleship to know who they are, which reminds me to say to you that if you're anywhere near or can get to Sealy, Texas this weekend, uh, October 24th through 26th, you should be with me and the uh, great CCF Pavilion team uh, there for Cross Encounter. This is not an event. This is not so I can help you have a better self-esteem, otherwise known as our identity in Christ. This is an encounter with the cross as the only means by which God delivers us from ourselves and back to him as his sons. So, and and therefore, then we can go on with him in the ongoing maturing so that the Father gets what it is that he desires. I'm inviting you to the Father's table for this weekend. It would be good for you to come. And uh, you can go to ccf.life and catch the link and get registered and come and be a part of that Thursday through Saturday. You see, we've got to get the message out Because in the fallout that's coming, the filth and carnage that's coming, because God considers the goodness of man as filth, total filth, and the church is up to her eyeballs in the good, self-improving, you know, soulish, um, look how good we are. You know, I'm telling you, God is about to blow the lid off of it because he loves us and because he's after the house that he is building, not the house that man has built, as, as it's called in the scripture, or as some would call it, the house of Saul, uh, God is uh, pitching the tent of his presence where Jesus is the head of the church, where there begins to be life that is flowing from Jesus to us that is going to run all this other stuff Uh, first of all, to exposure, and then hopefully as we come into agreement with him, along with him, in full agreement with him, we run it out of his house and let him build his house his way for his purposes. But you need to recognize that part of the reason that we um, are in such shock and awe when people that we admired and respected and we thought they were of this elite upper class in the church and, you know, the platform celebrities and, you know, all of these things and just your everyday run-of-the-mill person, right, which who of us isn't an everyday run-of-the-mill person, right, is part of the, the problem in the setup for this fall is because we've not really come into agreement with God about the true condition of man. There is nothing good in my flesh. Nothing. The only goodness that I have is I am sharing in the goodness and the nature and the very life of God himself. That was always the plan. Remember the tree of life in the garden? The tree of life. It was Christ himself. Come to him, that you might be sons unto me through him. Adam and Eve said, No, we'd rather be God. So they went to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, good is on the same tree as evil. Good is not the same as life. And if there's anything that's going to fight the life of Jesus Christ, it's going to be the good of man. I need you to take hold of this to hear this. I say, I need you to. I'm saying, we need to hear the truth of the gospel. The plan is not God causing you to become a good leader, an organized person, highly principled, of great morals. My friend, people can do that without Jesus. They're doing it every day. It's a part of why people are like, even people who were once Christians are like, I don't need Jesus to live my best life. Oh, I don't mind having a little help from God. Hmm? But I can take care of things. Hmm? God wants me to be happy. You know, as though that's number one on God's hit parade. Oh, my friends, God is coming for us. Oh, He's heard our cries for sure. And He's coming His way for His purposes. And it's, you know, because the the time that's being spent in the body of Christ and in us feeling better about ourselves and who we are and all of that is is a part of the malady of the good side of self. My friends, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Really, it's Christ in us, the hope of anything. That's of God, from God, for God. He's made us new that we might be 100% compatible with Him, that His life would be what's being developed in us, not the good side of human goodness. That That's not the plan. That's not the gospel. That's not Christianity. And so he's coming. And that's why I started out this episode with the question, I mean, do you go to church because everybody behaves? Because you think, oh, I finally found a place where there's, you know, it's healthy and there's life and, and you know, these are good people. And, you know, we're all sinners. And so we understand that we're going to have... No, no, the church isn't sinners, The church, because of Jesus Christ, his death, resurrection, and the full width, breadth, height, and depth of the cross of Jesus Christ, the death side, the resurrection side, everything of Jesus, we, and only because of him, have been infused with his life and been born again, and we are his sons, his brethren, his temple. We are like him. We are fully righteous and holy because of him in nature. And because we haven't been discipled and educated properly by him and by Holy Spirit, because we've been given some other gospel, some other spirit, some other Jesus, that we have so easily tolerated, Paul said in Second Corinthians eleven, one through 4. This is one of the things that Paul uh, was afraid of, he said, the same magic, the same voodoo that worked on Eve in the garden is now come and seduced you away from a pure and simple devotion to Jesus. My friends, his church is not sinners. His church is his sons who are like him and must mature in this hour of history so that when sinners are brought to us, the church, wherever we are in our everyday life. And as we are brought to them, we reconcile them to the Father by the same means that we did. Whether they are rich or poor, no no matter what, everybody's need for Jesus is the same is because they are dead and separated from him because of the inheritance in Adam. And every person needs Jesus for the same reason. And so we have to recognize this. It's not going to be a church of sinners who just welcome other sinners in, and we all know that we're flawed, broken. No, no, no. There may be flaws in my soul and body. You know, yeah, I I get that. But I'm talking about in spirit. If we don't know who we are to Him because of Him and His finished work and what He's after, how can we be a house ready and prepared? And, and that are, are we those who, according to Romans 6, that our way of life and the way we conduct our business and deal with things and handle things and relate with each other and relate with people and everything is according to behavior in newness of life, that church that is highly discipled not in some guru shepherding movement, but in a living, organic way by those who have been dealt with him themselves who are simply turning around and passing it on. There is an abiding that we have been called to. There's a drilling down into his ways of life that must come. And that church is about to emerge and will be led by those who have entered in for themselves. And they're no longer trying to have the sharpest looking, you know, city church, or they're no longer trying to, you know, be the hippest, coolest, you know, you know, one of the old saints would say, the reason you got to serve cake all the time, and in our era, it would be coffee, right? You got to have just the right cafe and the this and the that, right? It's because you ain't got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> when I read these old guys, I'm like, oh boy, I tell you, <laughs> they may have said that to their generation. It could, as, it could just as well be spoken to ours because the condition of man has not evolved, my friends it is still the same and the gospel is still the same and God is igniting us we are not the early church we're the now church we might be the church that actually makes the biggest transition ever from you know you know when when Jesus returns and you know i don't know but but do you understand that God is looking for those who will be a succession of his wisdom from generation to generation? Because every generation needs to hear the truth of him, what he wants to be spoken and heard of him and known of him through those who needed him and have allowed him to to mature them in their life with him who become messengers because they are the message. And we will also be the proving ground for the, what we preach. So it'll be proven within us. If that's what we preach, it'll be proven in us. Hmm? So are you one who is just shocked and appalled? I mean, I'm deeply grieved deeply grieved when i realize there's another son no matter how infamous or anonymous they may be that does not know the father and who needs him desperately and therefore the restoration process is to the father it is not to ministry not even to their marriage first but to the father So what we've done is we've tried to do all these other, you know, let's restore them to ministry because, you know, God believes in second chances. The Father says, where are those who will restore them to me? I'll take care of marriage and ministry and all that if that's what I plan for them. But you see some, their life has become their ministry and you have to have a good marriage to have the ministry. Yes, I did say that. So therefore, i got to keep the marriage um, you know, propped up and it has to keep looking a certain way. Everybody's got to think we have a great marriage because you can't have ministry without it. And so I don't know if you can recognize there that ministry becomes the all-consuming machine, the all-consuming monster of the self-life. As Saul said in the Old Testament, to Samuel, after he tried to repent on his own terms about three times, he finally just, almost in open disgust for the prophet who was attempting to bring him to repentance, he said, look, look, okay, 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 I get it, I get it, but just don't shame me in front of the people. I heard it once said, Saul was such an approval junkie. You see, my friends, if you go to church because you think everybody at church is wonderful and you go to church because you think you have found your happy spot, you know, your sweet spot and everybody here I think is clean and you know we're still old sinners, you know, but I mean we're we're, you know, these are the real deal, you know, this kind of thing. My friends, you are the church because of what Jesus has done. And according to Hebrews 12, we are all a part of the church of the firstborn. And I go to church okay, in the way that God has given me in this season of my life because I am the church. It's who I am to Him and where He puts me, where He places me. And I'm not there under any illusions about anybody because I'm under no illusions about myself. You see, it's always going to begin... And what you've allowed him to do in you and to reveal to you about your condition separate from him. You see, we need this so very deeply in the house of God. We need this depth. Hmm? Because when we can just bypass sin and we can just act like, well, you know, yes, they've all divorced, you know, their spouses, and yet now they've all married other people that were in that same church, and but that's okay, and let's congratulate everybody, and let's do this, and let's do that, and it's okay, just kind of, you know, don't look down, just keep your eyes ahead, you know, it's all going to be okay. And yes, as, as a person who's been restored after heinous, perverted infidelity, sin, manipulation, lying, deceiving. Yes, of course I believe in that. But did we call it what God called it? Did, you know, are we in the true restoration to Him? Are we allowing Him to have His way in us? I'm saying this to you as someone who has needed this so very, very deeply and needs Him in the deepest abiding way every day, at every level. My friends, God is coming for His house, and He's about to flip the house And many, many things that we have been resting upon, relying upon. We've been in creature worship. We've been under the voodoo. You call it whatever you want. I'm just saying what the Word says. Okay, we need to understand. Oh, yes, He loves us. But the house is for Him. It's His house. We are His. We've been bought with a price. Our life is not our own. We, we literally are sharing in a life that is not our own. It's the life of Christ, and he's shared that life with us. That's always been the plan, always been the plan. He was the tree of life in the garden, and the plan is still the same, that we would eat from the tree. For us, that's the cross. And by death, shared with him, will come the all-powerful, glorious, pure resurrection life of Jesus Christ, that we who are now alive to God will live in oneness with Him, and then we will go out and do all the mighty exploits, complete all of our races and assignments unto Him, for Him. So I leave you with this today, my friends. If you're in shock and awe, and you just can't believe, and it's disorienting you, and you're disillusioned, I'm going to say to you, you're well on your way to a great work of God, because He's coming for you, and He's coming for His house with the greatest love. That fire in His eyes, oh yes, He is the all-consuming, jealous God. Oh yes, He means to possess His people. My friends, we're not here to live a balanced life. We're in the fullness of life. Let's stay with him and go with him. I pray that this encourages you today and awakens you and sobers you. Until next time, I love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at McCrady.